Hey Church, it's great to be with you uh, again this week. Um, last week I was looking through Facebook as I do in the evening and I came across uh, an article about a young guy called Jeremy Wasting. And uh, he came with his family from Malawi uh, when he was a baby. Um, he grew up in, in England and he loved football. Uh, and eventually he got signed at the age of 13 for uh, his, his favourite club, Man Manchester City. He was part of their elite academy there. So all these dreams were coming true. Unfortunately, somehow that all these dreams came to a bit of a nightmare because eventually, a few years later, he was released by his cl the club and uh, couldn't see a way forward in football. He entered into a depression and just uh, the other week, unfortunately, committed suicide. It's a tragic, tragic story. Um, you know, it's estimated that about one in six people last week in the UK would have experienced some sort of mental health issue. And uh, probably half of all adults during their life will experience a, a mental health issue of some sort. And you know, it's so important because the church cannot stay silent in this area. We have to speak out. I know it's complicated. I know it's difficult. But the church, I really believe God designed specifically for people that needed help. It's a place where people can run to, not run away from. And that's what we want Milton Keynes Christian Centre to be like. Too often, my experience of growing up in church is that people in church just didn't know how to handle issues of mental health. There was a stigma about it. And... Uh, I really don't believe that's how the church should be. Uh, I was challenged in my own thinking about it because one of my great heroes, a guy called Charles Haddon Spurgeon, who was an incredible preacher, uh, an incredible teacher, and uh, he suffered with depression all his life, even took holidays across to France to try and deal with it. <clears throat> so firstly, I want you to know that God is a God of hope. He, in his ever-present power, is with us. Let me read to you what Paul said to the Romans. He said, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul said, As you place your trust in God, he is going to fill you with joy and peace, and that will lead so that, so that we can have hope by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So firstly, we need to understand that. One of my friends who is a pastor up in Scotland, he's was also a doctor as well. His name is Ian, Ian Duthie. He, he said last week, he says, God's power is greater than your predicament. If we are going to maintain mental health and psychological stability, we must recognize that the power within us is greater than the circumstances around us. So we can trust in a God of hope. Secondly, as followers of Jesus, we have become part of a family, a caring community that loves one another, that cares for one another, that prays for one another, that weeps even for one another. Sometimes we'll laugh with each other. And most importantly, we accept one another in the same way that Jesus accepted us, just as we are. 
broken, but he still accepted us. There's an old hymn that became famous uh, during the Billy Graham campaigns, and they would always sing it at the end of his preach, and people would come forward and commit their lives to Jesus. And it goes like this. Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fighting and fears within, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, poor, wretched, blind, sight, riches, healing of the mind, yea, all I need, and thee I find. O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, thou wilt receive, wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve. Because thy promise, I believe, O Lamb of God, I come. You know, as a church, we want it to be okay not to be okay here at Milton Keynes Christian Centre. Sometimes it seems like we've got to have it all together um, and try and convince everybody else we've got it all together. But the reality is we haven't got it all together. And uh, we must be a church that accepts people in the same shame-defeating way that Jesus accepts us. And if you need to talk to somebody uh, during this time, somebody to speak to, we've got a team of people we'd love to help you. Just send us an email at hope at mkcc.org.uk and we will be in touch and we'll be there to talk and help to you. But I want to talk to you today about three factors in our lives that influence our identity, who we are. You know, the Bible says right at the very start, that we were all made, the whole of humanity was made in the image of God. So everybody you look at, no matter who they are, look at your person sitting across from you just now. Yes, they were made in the image of God. It doesn't matter what color of skin we've got, what background we come from. We were all made in the image of God. It says uh, in the Psalms, it says, for you were formed uh, you, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. This wonderful creation of God. But you know, this whole image of God has been marred and cracked and broken when sin came into this world. God said that his creation was good and humans, mankind, was very good. But sin came in. And then we discover a, a word that is used for the first time that wasn't used before. Sin causes the first mental health issue. Correct. I, I want to make sure you understand me. The first mental health issue isn't sin, but sin causes the first mental health issue difficulty and that was shame shame came into the into the perfect world that God had created and when we talk about the factors that make us who we are we must remember that we're all affected by sin but God has the answer and that is a savior called Jesus first one thing I want to talk to you about is our chemistry that influences who we are 35 years ago, I got a call from my mom to tell me that one of my sisters was in intensive care. And uh, that introduced me to the world of chromosomes. 
and uh, it turned out that uh, my mom and my dad both had a bi chromosome, the same number, and they passed that on to my sisters, and uh, they both got a bad one from a mum and my dad, and that was causing them a problem and was serious in their life. I received it as well, but wasn't quite as bad, and I passed it on to my daughter Abby, who's had all sorts of health issues during her life. But her problems went way beyond um, uh, just th those things I was talking about before. Her problems were, were, were operations, neurological pain, mobility issues. Uh, then I started to lose strength and have difficulties. And to cut a long story short, finally we're both diagnosed with a condition called Charcot-Marie-Tooth disease. And that's chromosome 17 and that's passed on as well. So we seem to get all the bad cards at once. And looking back now, I see how CMT, as we call it, has shaped much of my life. I ended up as a pastor instead of a football player. I mean, that's the saddest thing in my life. Paul calls these things my thorn in the flesh. We don't know what it was. He doesn't say, but it was probably some sort of mental or physical disability. And he carried it all his life. We, I will pro God could heal me, but I might be carrying CMT for the rest of my life. But in the middle of that, even though he was carrying that thing, he, it forced him to depend upon God. And no matter what our chemistry, we can still depend on God. Of course, we need to go to other people for help. We need to go to the doctor. We could speak to a counsellor. We could get a friend to help. Of course, we do all them things. But the person that we put our dependence and our trust in is God. Secondly, as well as our chemistry that affects who we are, our circumstances uh, affect who, who we are. My weakness when I was little, the CMT that I had, I didn't know I had it back then, maybe very weak, unable to play sports. Um, I was th very thin. I wish I was as thin now as I was then. Um, but uh, that made me the butt of people's jokes. I was no good at the football sports. I was the last person that was picked to the team. And that caused me to retreat into myself. And sometimes I probably haven't even got over that yet and one of the so that those circumstances affect the way that I thought about myself and the thing that I was in one of my heroes growing up was a lady called Joni Erickson and she had an accident when she was 17 when she dived into the sea and broke her neck and was a been a paraplegic all of her life and uh, this is what she said he has chosen not to heal me but to hold me the more intense the pain the closer his embrace. Let me just read to you this now. This is what Paul said to the Romans. The Holy Spirit knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our pre pregnant condition and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Every detail in our lives worked into something good. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son, that's Jesus, stands first in the line of humanity he restored. Doesn't matter whether we're the 
paraplegic or whether we've got CMT or whether we've got, we are going to be restored because that's what he, he says, the first in line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. And you know, I'm sure as you listen to do it, many of you have gone through difficult and trying and incredible situations and circumstances in your life. And as he holds us in the middle of that, as Joni puts it, and as we understand he's working for good in our lives and he's working every detail together, we can know that I'm a product of my past, but I'm not a prisoner to my past because Jesus' grace comes in and changes that. And I can trust God no matter what happens. Lastly, I want to talk to you about one that I struggle with from time to time, our consciousness. Proverbs 4.23 says this, Be careful what you think, because your thoughts run your life. Your consciousness influences your identity, because what I know is, I can be a harsh person with other people sometimes, but that's not half as harsh as I am with myself. It's what I say to myself. I'm sure you sit around by yourself as well and you start talking to yourself. It's not a sign of madness, we all do it. And how that comes about is when other people say to me or say to you, you're no good, you're worthless, you'll never amount to anything, you're uncoordinated, you're not very attractive, you're a loser. What we do is we file it, we file it away. And then every so often, particularly when we're going through a difficult situation or a trying situation, we get it out and we go through the files and we start repeating to ourselves, I'm a loser, I'm a loser, I'm a loser. And you know, in the middle of that, God has given us an incredible ability to be able to meditate and take a step back and look at the situation and see it in a different way. Hebrews 12, 2 puts it like this, what it means to meditate on God. It says, Let's, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him. That means meditate, think, fix your eyes. Consider him who endured such opposition from simple, sinful men. Why did he do that? So that he endured this so that you will not grow weary and not lose heart. We need to turn our eyes on Jesus because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. And through him, we do not need to grow weary. We do not need to lose heart. Charlotte Elliott, who wrote that hymn we read earlier, Just As I Am, she said this, my Bible is my church. It's always open. Maybe that's like where we're at now. We can't always come to church and we're limited. But she said, it's always open. And there is my high priest ever waiting to receive me. There I have my confessional, my thanksgiving, my psalm of praise, a congregation of whom the world is not worthy, prophets, apostles, martyrs, confessors, in short, all I can 
I want, I find there. She says our Bible was precious to her. And there she found God. There, even though she wasn't in the church, she was surrounded, as it says in Hebrews, by a great cloud of witnesses. There with her, praising and thanking God. We never, even though we're separated from church, we will never be separated from the God of this universe. There's a lady called Helen Lamel, and she wrote a, a hymn that is probably well known to you. It's very often called the Heavenly Vision. It's interesting that it was called that because uh, in our later life she became blind and our husband left her by herself. And she wrote this hymn, O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's a light for a look at the Saviour and life more abundant and free. And the chorus is, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You know, you might be a product of the chemistry in your life. Maybe you have a different issue to what I have. Maybe the levels and chemicals are all over the place. But in the middle of that, of course we reach out for help, for people to help us. Of course we go to the dog, of course we do all those things. But in the middle of that, with our thorn in the flesh, we can still depend on God in the same way as Paul did that. In our circumstances, I don't know what circumstances you've got through, gone through in your life. Probably a lot more worse than what I've got through. But as you place your trust in God, you don't need to be a prisoner to the past, but you can have freedom in the future. And lastly, as we sometimes talk to ourselves in our consciousness, let's remember that we can meditate on an awesome God who's done so much for us. God loves us and cares for us. And even though we go through difficult and trying times in our lives, he is always constantly there for us, ready to speak into our lives. Hey, as I said earlier, every single one of us is made in the image of God. But sin came in and corrupted that image and we have been separated from God ever since. And we were really made to have a relationship with him. And I want to invite you today, if you don't know God and you've not pursued a relationship with him, then you can start doing that today. Let us know you want to do that either if you're watching on Facebook, there'll be a link to you in the comments, uh, or if you're watching online, there's a button underneath me somewhere, I'm sure. You can let us know and we'll be helping with you. But if that's you, do that today. And I just want to pray for you as I close. Father God, we know that uh, you created us to have relationship with you. And it grieves your heart that we have been separated from you. And you loved us so much and you wanted that relationship so much that you sent your son to this earth to endure the cross so that you, we could be restored, to have a relationship restored with you. Lord, I pray for every single person listening today, watching today, that is 
making that first step towards you, to trust in your son, Jesus, to accept that he came and paid a great price for that. I pray, Lord, that you would be with them today and they would know your presence and they would grow in the relationship with you. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.